Welcome to the local seven two four podcast in three two one. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the local podcast on a Friday afternoon. These are my favorites. Yeah, uh, we yeah we need to schedule like stop telling everybody other date just one o'clock yeah. on Friday. That's that's the only <laughs> that's, spot we have open. That's the way. <laughs> Today in studio we have Kayla Downs. How are you? I am great. It's, it's good Friday. to see you. So. You are a real estate agent. Yes. Yes. And uh, you're here to talk to us about a very special house in Greensburg. Something very cool and very different. Yes, that, that's true. One of my most unique listings for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't you give us a little, uh, little preview of what, uh, what we're talking about here? Okay, well, um, my name is, again, Kayla Downs. I am with the Melissa Merriman team and Keller Williams Realty. Um, we work out of Irwin, but kind of cover all over the area. And um, we're going to talk about a listing that I have. Um, it's actually 231 Center Ave. It's in Academy Hill in the Greensburg area. Very and prestigious. Very prestigious. <laughs> 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 and this listing came to um, me kind of on a referral. We had um, someone who was a client that we use for waterproofing, actually. And I'll shout out to Champion Waterproofing and Joe Eisman, who um, this was a good friend of his growing up. And um, his friend lives in California, and this was his father's house, and he had passed away, sadly, and um, it was an estate. So um, I was given um, the listing to try to manage, and there was a lot to go into it. And upon that, I discovered very interesting things about the home and the owner, um, and it kind of just, like, goes from there. Nice. Yeah, so I actually saw an article, I think, on – was it in the Trib on this house? There was a a specific article on some sort of news – uh, outlet and I read the article and then I actually like drove past the house just to see it for yeah, myself. Um, Shirley McLean from the Trib yeah. did a really great article um, highlighting um, the seller and um, just a little bit about the house and some of the interesting artifacts that were in there and um, personal affects and things like that. So yeah, that's awesome. So who is the mystery owner? <laughs> the mystery owner. Well, um, he's most well known by Casey Constantine. So he is a very well-known um, crime mystery um, author, um, really worldwide. He's published many, many books. Um, I think he has 17 published books. Wow. Um, one coming out um, in the next year that um, people don't really know about yet. Um, and uh, But his actual name is uh, Carl... Um, that's well, right. Casey we'll <laughs> We just need the, the writer's name. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just yeah, his pen name. Pen name. Carl yeah. Kozak is his name, but most people don't know him as that. Yeah. Unless you were his neighbors, then didn't even know he was a writer. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to talk that's, about that's is cool. the fact that like I have lived in this community for I don't know two handfuls of years at this point. I had no idea that there was like a famous author that lived here. I mean, I know there's a you know, there's notable people in the area and things like that, but I had no idea. So I was just like reading and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then literally, I think that afternoon you reached out to me and I was like, let's do it. This is <laughs> awesome. I just read the article. Yeah. It's, it's cool to yeah. find out like, oh, these people live in our community. It, it's so odd because if I was a famous author, I would like hang a sign outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm famous. I'm famous. Come and Come and <laughs> praise me. 
think he was. It was twenty years after his last book was published that he actually be like revealed himself as who he was, and that was in. Um, Oakmont has this like mystery writers festival, and um, he basically had his coming out there, and um, he signed his first novel to um, his first fan and revealed his name. It was, it was pretty awesome. Wow. I wonder, so what I thought about is I want to go back and read some of his books to see if he pulled inspiration from his surroundings in Greensboro, like if you can make that connection. You know, Dude, that's a, a good lot idea. of authors do that. Like if they live in Boston, they'll write about Boston or something like that. You know, they set the setting. So, so I wonder well, if he did that. Um, so his books were all inspired. He was born in McKees Rocks, but okay. he um, lived in Greensburg and had some like pull from Johnstown area. But ev- all his books, um, which were called the um, uh, Roxburg Train Station Murders, mm-hmm. were based on um, Greensburg and McKees Rocks. So that's why it's called Roxburg. And <laughs> Dude, oh that's my awesome. gosh! Every so all excited. of his books are based on here. And the funny thing is, so he um, he has a whole lot of history. He's such an interesting person, but um, he got his inspiration for his very first book that he wrote because he had gone to um, Iowa to this school, to this like uh, writer's guild that was going to be, and he was doing all this training and stuff and kind of he and his wife, just it became expensive. They moved back to Greensburg and he came to a newsstand and he saw all these mystery novels and he, he basically talked to the, the woman who was selling, like, hey, are these selling quickly? And she was like, yeah, I can keep them on the shelves. He, the story is he left that newsstand, took two rights, came to the Greensburg train station and was like, that was his inspiration to write his first book. <laughs> wow. That's so awesome. It's wow. such a cool story. Again, yeah. just like trying to think of like how many other famous people are around here that They're we don't among know. us. <laughs> we just don't know. I mean, when I lived in Lancaster again, uh, there was, there was a golden glove boxer that I went to the bar with all the time and I knew that he was a boxer, but I had no idea like how famous of a boxer he was Yeah. until he started like posting some of his fights from like ESPN on <laughs> his Facebook. And I'm like, or, holy okay. shit. Or until you got, I a hang bar, out with this guy. got in a bar fight and you're like, oh, that guy's Ooh. professional. <laughs> Do I have an awesome story about that? I'll tell you uh, after the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but his name's Bobby High and he was on like High Times Magazine. He was on the cover of High Times Magazine. Wow. Uh, just all this you stuff. You were just hanging out with him and didn't know that he was... I just, I knew that he was like a boxer. That's what I was told. But then people were just like, oh yeah, Bobby's like a legend. Like he's like <laughs> golden glove, like fastest dude in the in the East. And I'm like, what the hell? And he's such a humble guy. He's so nice. Wow. But it's crazy just to think like how many people can be in your community and you don't yeah. even know. Like, Especially humbly, you know? It's, yeah. Um, the way that Carl lived was people, I mean, he's... He, said he's very interesting but people he had such a good connection in his community like on his road and his neighbors i've met a lot of them they all loved their family and loved him and um they were all you know interested in everything that was going on but very like watch over each other like academy hill is like make sure things are taken care Mm of helping with the grass helping with like certain things so (laughs) so can you can you give us any insight on this house at all like some is there any interesting things in the house or is it more just like a mundane Type of Academy Hill house. Um, so I wouldn't use the word mundane. I would use the word. <laughs> I, I, I used it and I was like, "There's nothing mundane classic about Academy and traditional. Hill." Right. Classic. The most interesting thing when you go into a house, especially that um, you don't know the people, and um, this house particularly, we had to get um, get it ready to sell. Um, the mm-hmm. son, Chris, he lives in California, and he had come when his father passed away. It was in March, um, and gotten certain things, taking care of business and things. But he really needed somebody that would come in and take care of 
the property and get it ready to reflect well for mm -hmm. selling. So I had the opportunity to go through a lot of personal things in the home and just learning about who he was as a person and his like almost his writing process because he had like his desk was there and the different books he was reading to get ready for the next book that he actually is coming out yeah. um, in a few says ends at end of year um, and just like you get to learn like how they ate what kind of things they were interested in like he was obviously uh interested in his diet and his health and like he rode his bike a lot it's just like you become connected to somebody that i never even met <laughs> right yeah 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 i mean like, i guess going through a house and, and going through their personal items and things like that you would tend to learn a lot about somebody yeah yeah that's pretty wild yeah and then uh, one of the most interesting things too was that his um father his name, his name was constantine kozak um was a really well-known painter and um he was a russian immigrant that came over here um, and then when he met his wife and he brought a lot of his painting and, and travels here, he was an amazing uh, oil portrait painter. And he did, did a lot in um, with department store murals. And he was in the Artist Guild. He was one of the founders of the Pittsburgh Artist Guild. And um, I know he has some things displayed at La Trobe High School. Um, and they've done a couple different uh, sequence lessons on his work. Um, but he would paint the Russian... Orthodox church like murals and then it's kind of funny like in this there's one article that came out after uh, Carl passed away and it talked a little bit about his grandfather or Carl's father, but uh, Chris's grandfather um, It just said like he walked into one of the churches and somebody was painting over one of his murals And then he was just like done and never went back to church again <laughs> It's like it kind of like so I was like so wow. intrigued. I was like why I want to know why and then like I couldn't find anything else <laughs> wow. But the, the paintings are amazing like yeah. they're so good um, and I've actually, since the article, I've had people contact me like, I want to buy them. I'm, I'm like, I, they're not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've wronged me, comrade. <laughs> He's never going back. Oh, my God. It's funny. I mean, the, uh, the house, I think that I drove past the house. Where, where is it located? It's on Center Avenue. So, Se okay. Um, it's yeah. 231 Center Avenue. So if you, you can, I mean, you would drive past the house a million times. Like you said, it would be your regular yeah. Um, not mundane, just classic. <laughs> not mundane. Classic. classic. Traditional. <laughs> yes. It's a uh, it's beautiful house. I mean, how many uh, like what are what are some of the features of the house? Yeah, bedrooms, bathrooms. Okay. Um, it has three bedrooms, two very large bedrooms on the second floor. The third bedroom is actually the finished um, attic space. It's huge. Um, and it just has a very traditional has I love the fireplace and you know has traditional built-ins. Um, hardwood floors and we actually mm. ripped up some of the carpets to expose those floors because uh, they were just so beautiful uh, that he loved to cook his wife linda who had passed away about five years ago she loved to cook as well and so they had like a lot of different things set up in the kitchen area with pretty back deck pretty view um i don't know i just love that classic feel higher ceilings yeah kind of I don't know, a very real feeling when you go in the house. Like, people lived here and loved this house. Not all glamorized and, and modernized, but it was like love is in there. Yeah. So. That's awesome. It's cool just to – I love, like, seeing houses. I look at, like, Realtor.com and yeah. Zillow Daily. Uh, every single day. <laughs> and and you guys hate – Realtors hate Zillow, right? Is that a um, thing? We don't hate them. We hate them. They <laughs> hate them a little. They <laughs> – basically steal all our information yeah, from yeah. the MLS. And <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't like information wrong on there too? Well, it's not that it's always 
it, what's wrong would be their like zestimates of real estate value. That's yeah. one of the biggest misconceptions. People are like, but it says my house is worth this. I'm like, it's either too low or too high. Do not look at that. You need yeah. to have someone like actually like look at that for you. Um, but th- basically, when we input a listing to the MLS, it automatically takes all of that. That does not include an appraisal value. They just decide that that's what they think mm. it's worth ba- based on some sales and things like that. So. Yeah. Some algorithm out there. Yeah. Stealing all your work. Yeah. Using Basically. It site. <laughs> it's about right. I got to come up with one of those apps. Yeah. And, then they, yeah. and so the biggest thing is then they make us pay for advertising on Zillow to get us to be even. Oh, they get the you person, twice. Yeah, Oh, they steal yeah. and then make you pay. <laughs> they make you pay to like be the realtor they click on. That's for your capitalism own right there. That's, oh my God. that's what this country is built on. Right. <clears throat> Stealing and then making you pay. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Oh my God. So as far as like getting the house ready, getting it into shape and stuff like that, how much, like what, what hand did you have in that? Like, I know that you and Melissa and your team do staging, mm-hmm. right? You guys stage the house and stuff like that. Was there other things that had to happen like construction wise or so anything like that? So for this particular listing and we, we, I did not stage with anything that was not present in the house already besides some plants. Okay. Everything was in there was were things that belonged to them. Um, I did not feel it was necessary to bring other things in. There was a lot of stuff in there, but I just felt we wanted to maintain the character of the home and, and the sellers. And um, they had a lot of really, really unique, um, interesting items there. Um, Carl was a Marine. Um, he traveled overseas a lot. They were very, like, cultural people. So there was lots and lots of items to use just how to filter through them right yeah. um but we did we painted the front porch um like i said ripped up some carpet and that was all myself and my husband um todd helped do those <laughs> things uh i obviously am not ripping up carpet myself <laughs> and i'm not painting the front porch yeah. but i can tell someone to do it <laughs> i figured i figured todd had a helping hand in yeah some of he this. did a great and he did a lot of, he did the photos for the property too good so yeah. um and he did a great job with that uh i i mean he's been over there with me he, he's hand in hand whenever i have projects like this um, I don't, couldn't do it all myself. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Just the, I mean, the fact that, you know, you get the help and everything like that, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Um, it's wild to me, I guess that, you know, just using their stuff in the house mm-hmm. was, I guess, enough. You know what I mean? I- like most people are kind of looking when you're going to buy a house these days, it's like, the staging really helps out because it's like, yeah. oh, this is what could be in mm-hmm. the space. Like if I wanted to modernize or do something like that, but using like, you know, the, the stuff that came from that house and really kept an authentic feel for that house. I think that's brilliant. Well, you know, especially with a house of that style, if it's not, you can't take a house of that like era and just mm-hmm. put in like your modernized right. items. To, it would make no sense. It would actually make mm. the property look less appealing because it'd be controversial. It's more yeah. like how can you play to this particular home? And what played best was the things that they had. Um, and I, yeah. you know, yeah, there's real psychology to that. I remember our, our realtor when we bought our house way back um, said that th- that she had a client who was looking for a house that had a man cave. That was like the thing he wanted. And so they found a great man cave house um, and the wife loved it. And they were like, Oh, this is a perfect house, but he wouldn't buy it because the man cave had Baltimore Raven stuff all over it, <laughs> it, it which you could just take down. It wasn't right, like yeah. permanent stuff, but it's because, bad juju. You exactly. can't like move into a house. <laughs> right. This happens. All, that's why we tell people like you kind of want to remove like 
unless it's a very interesting situation like this one, like personal photos, like sports memorabilia, things that yeah. could like really make somebody mad. Yeah. Like you're just like that. Weird. Like I don't know. Just yeah, they didn't buy the house because because <laughs> that's they, wild. Because the, there's just I mean, I'd be I'd be like, come on, we can take it down. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I probably push that a little bit. Like, <laughs> what if, what if I just did it right now? <laughs> what if I took it down right now? Does it look better? <laughs> I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, but she's a man. I would just go in there and be like, I would take pride in take taking pride all in that down stuff down. Yeah. Stuff yeah. Have a nice bonfire in the backyard. <laughs> but that's the thing. People want to view themselves immediately while they're in that house. Yeah. They want to be able to see, you know, I, I've heard about too, you know, if people have kids or don't have kids, if there's a crib in the room, like, oh no, I don't, I don't know. All the psychology of just mm-hmm. trying to picture yourself living in this house in this room so much of buying a house is subconscious you actually don't people will give us a whole list of all the things that they think they want in a house they've never gone into another house they've never started shopping and then they go in and exactly what they want you're showing them and they don't want that yeah yeah they don't know it yeah yeah i've seen a lot of this on uh like the tv shows mm-hmm. things like that do those annoy you or are you just kind of like... Yeah, no, they question. very much annoy me. It's like yeah. selling Sunset. I'm like, they got to sell one house a year to like make twice as much money. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it's, and they're it's, so upset. They're yeah, like, oh crazy. my gosh, I have to make $6 million off this house. Right. <laughs> I, I can't stand those shows just because they're... The people are just like so fake to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. not the real estate agents, but the couple or the people that are buying the house, like they'll walk in and like, there's like this redneck dude and like, you know, overalls and stuff. And he's like, well, this space speaks to me. Blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you don't fucking talk. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Up. It's no. like, we talk, we joke all the time. Like we need our own show. That's like selling Greensburg. Right. Yeah. The stories we've had are like just way funnier and way more interesting. I'm sure. There used to be a body down here. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we, this happened to, to us. Like, we had a listing <laughs> long ago, and an agent called, um, it's actually Melissa, <laughs> and said, hey, the neighbor came down on his tractor and said, do you know there's three bodies buried in the front yard? And we were oh. like, there's only two. It was, like, super funny. They're Civil War era. Like, no one yeah, knows. Like, yeah. but, you know, during the listing, the seller said, like, yeah, we know there's, like, a couple bodies, but over here, whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is where we live. There's probably bodies under Seriously, half these yeah. neighborhoods. Oh, my God, <laughs> two, yeah. two is the limit, though. Two, you yeah, three, three bodies? No. <laughs> Listen, man. No. <laughs> three is a little much. All right. I'll do two. Yeah. I'll do two, but three, no. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, one of the shows that I, I do enjoy is that um, Chuck and Joanna Gaines. Oh, they're my Chip. Chip and Chip Joanna. Chip and Joanna. Chuck. Did I call I him Chuck? Them. I said Chuck, but Ugh, I got you. I feel terrible. Chip. Mm-hmm. Just because there's a lot of people who are going to be really mad at you. Right, yeah. Because they love Chip and Joanna Gaines. That dude's Chip hilarious. Care. Chip would be called yeah. Chuck Chip would whatever. be like, oh, you like, call me Chuck, man. <laughs> call me whatever you want. He's amazing. He's funny. She is talented, gorgeous, mm-hmm. just the sweetest person. I think that what they do, I think gives me inspiration to like I can see something in our house and just kind of be like oh well that might work and all their solutions aren't always the most uh expensive or anything like that do you guys tend to get like inspiration from any of the shows that don't annoy you (laughs) so Joanna Gaines is my my number one girl crush yeah like I once went down to 
Texas and went to Magnolia Same. Farms mm. and then tried to stalk her and find her house. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found it. I took a photo from behind a giant fence. She's an avid <laughs> listener of this podcast, actually. So. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I love her. And I love her because she's a genuine person. And I feel like yeah. that reflects through everything that she does with her family and her homes and the reality is where we live, like we're not going into a listing and saying, hey, we need $5,000 to restage your house by furniture. No one's doing that here. Yeah. What can we do with what we have? We have our own staging um, equipment. Like t we have tons of stuff that we collect, we've bought, depending, um, and we'll use that. And or what can we do with your own house that's inexpensive mm -hmm. um, and just will reflect better? Because it just – people also don't want you to come in their house and tell them how horrible it is. Like right. you don't yeah. <laughs> walk in like this is – terrible why did you do this it's like hey how can we play to this and make it you know feel a little more um approachable to yeah. everybody gotcha uh, so yeah so there's there's a whole psychology to that too then because i mean you have to you have to walk a fine line when you're talking to like somebody who owns a house who's selling a house like yeah I mean, I personally wouldn't care if somebody mm -hmm. walked in and was like, why is this couch here? Like, <laughs> this is the dumbest idea. I'd just be like, you know what? You're probably fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> if I moved the couch, maybe I would like the house. But it's just like, I could see people just being like, oh my God, I I did this. I designed this. Designed this. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just kind of like getting upset about stuff like that. Yeah. You like walk in the house and you're like. Oh, you really, you just put that wallpaper up <laughs> last year. Wow. Mustard color wallpaper. <laughs> it looks great. You just painted this? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, those shows, there's always people who just want to, like I hate the people that are buying a house and they are all about entertaining. Like, oh, this is where I can entertain. And that's the only thing they're looking for and they never consider them actually living there it's always about like guests that they're gonna have i mean I, I, entertaining is an important thing like you know deck and and whatever but um i was watching this one show, it was the one where they sell lake houses there's so many of them I yeah there's so sorry. many shows <laughs> sure yeah what one of the them. one it could where be they sold a lake house yeah, it could be any Seriously? um but the guy's just he's a, just a single guy and he's just walking around like oh i could entertain in here and entertain in here I'm like oh. dude this is your master bathroom like quit telling him to entertain <laughs> well he's a single guy what else is he gonna do yeah maybe he is entertaining <laughs> entertaining is all he's <laughs> yeah. got going on yeah yeah oh my so god he gets a girlfriend she comes in there and she's like yeah changes it all yeah <laughs> and then there's the other shows where there's a couple that's buying a house where one wants to be like up in the mountains the other one wants to be like near the ocean and <laughs> Like, can you find something that fits both our needs? Yeah. <laughs> no, that doesn't exist. Mountain ocean. <clears throat> yeah. The classic, uh, you know, what do you guys do for a living? <laughs> it's like, I grow grasshoppers. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I cultivate <laughs> mushrooms in the right. forest. Yeah. Our budget is $7.8 million. <laughs> I hate that. I'm like, it's what? Like, you both work from home? What? You don't do <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you get, do you get, uh, I mean, obviously we're not asking you to say anything about anybody, but do you have some clients that you were just like, Oh my good Lord, this is, this is never going to end or this is a nightmare type scenario. Um, I think most of that comes down to like, re so if you a client who has a house that they love and they are downsizing or trying to just move locationally, mm. cause we live like We've had clients who live like clo like closer to the ridge. They want to get out of like the 
bad weather and things to come yeah. like and they have their dream house up there because they built it 25 years ago and now they realize they don't want to deal with the weather and things and they can't replace it so yeah. someone who can't replace the house that they're selling is like the biggest problem it's like yeah because they want to stay where they are they built it they made it their specifications but you can't find that house it doesn't exist yeah. so we've had several of those clients and not that it's an annoying just you know that you can't find it yeah. you know or un, like you're saying unrealistic expectations that you just like that doesn't exist in the price point that you want. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a while. Sometimes it takes writing up four offers for them to not get accepted, for it to click in. Like, I can't. i got to sacrifice in some level. Yeah. Um, Look at that positive spin she put on that. She could have went and just been like, these people suck. These people yeah. suck. She's just like, no, it's the people that love their house. I, I would have said that so differently. I, was like, yeah. I know, me yeah, too. Let me, let me name I was names. just like, shit, you are good at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's very nice of you, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are stories. There are stories. I'm sure there are, yeah. Wait, wait till we hit the record button. <laughs> no, to turn off the yeah, record button. Turn off. Um, so, I mean, us talking about housing and things like that, the housing market has mm-hmm. been uh, a thing that everybody's been kind of interested in or disgusted with um, yeah, the for the last three years mm-hmm. <laughs> going Very back to 2020 never has real estate been so exciting to people <laughs> exciting is another interesting word <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i mean so much so that they've made commercials about the housing market right now like yeah. you see these people going into like what is essentially like a big box store and there's like little models of yeah. houses and people are just like <laughs> like oh, yeah. scooping them off for? the shelves and uh, was I that a Super Bowl commercial? It was a really good commercial. I remember yeah. being like... I think it was a Super Bowl commercial. It was, it was good. And it was just like, this is so absolutely real. Because yeah. like, someone's like, oh, this house is $500,000. And it's like, somebody's like, six. Like, yeah. they're like in the bay. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just, it's nuts. Do you, are you still seeing as crazy, uh, you know, type of things that were happening three years ago? Or things starting to calm down now? Um, so... I guess the best way to put that is um, we have sellers who are in the mindset of two years ago and we have buyers who are in the new mindset of watching their money and how expensive it is to spend it. Yeah. So what they used to, you know, if they you got a, approved at, you know, a 3% interest rate and you were buying a house for $200,000 a year ago, if you haven't found something, you're down like $40,000 in that price point. But house mm-hmm. housing prices have gone up despite all of that so you have this big discrepancy of buyers who want something um less than what they could afford before and sellers who think yeah i know where the housing prices are and i'm not willing to negotiate and come down so i think the negotiation process is frustrating and stressful and we're kind of back for the buyer side of not finding anything putting in several offers not getting them accepted and sellers not negotiating you know you see a home inspection and they decide like nah we don't want a home inspection that was never a thing everyone always had a home inspection right before. Yeah. and now it's like if you don't waive that then you're, you're risking losing a really great offer wow um that's wild yeah, yeah. It's- we, we were talking before we started the podcast about particular houses and i had mentioned one that was that changed hands mm-hmm. in um 2011 2012 mm-hmm. sometime and so now when I go on one of these apps and I see, let's say that same house that changed hands in 2011, 2012 is now two hundred, $300,000 more than, because you, you can see the, the yeah, history of the that price, price, right? Yeah. So you, you can see like, oh, this person bought it for this and now they're selling it for mm-hmm. this. Um, how do you handle it? Do you have buyer sellers, let's say that 
are kind of walking through that process where they look at something and they say, because to me, 2012 wasn't that long ago, I guess. It was, you know, a little over 10 years. Um, but it's hard for me to justify saying, oh, has it has inflation caused this to go up 200 $300,000? And do people work through that? Because you just mentioned people are, buyers are more aware of their finances and how do I spend this? Because I feel like in COVID, it was just kind of the Wild West where people were just like, I want it. And not really thinking it through of what that price was. It's just, here's a house that's available. I need it today or it's going to be gone. So this is a a little bit of a two-part situation. We, this happens all of the time. Buyers come to us and say, well, they bought it for this much however long ago. I'm not paying this much anymore. We don't dictate how much homes have sold for when it comes to the that's based on the consumer. So if consumers decided something is worth a certain amount of money, that has that inflation has caused it because of the consumer. That has nothing to do with us listing the price at whatever. People have dedicated, <laughs> their, you know, decided that. Um, but what it really comes down to, and we always tell people, your appraiser, when you buy a house, you could put your offer in for $100,000 over asking. If you're getting a loan, that appraiser is going to say, it is not worth this. So then if you don't have that appraisal contingency or someone has to come up and pay for that gap, whether it's seller or buyer, you're not going to be able to buy a $450,000 house that's worth three fifty. Yeah. Your lender won't let you. So that's kind of your safety net whenever you're in that situation. But I wouldn't say looking at 2012 to now is a way to determine whether or not it's worth that. Because and we like buying a home is one of the fastest growing investments you can make. You do not lose your investment unless you're investing in, in an area that maybe is um, going in the downward direction versus up, but you're not going to lose your money and it grows exponentially based on demand. Even yeah. with interest rates and all the crazy stuff that's happened, we are not, you're not losing money in buying real estate. So you might overpay a little bit for something, but that you're going to make that back in 10 years, just like what you're looking at and you're saying, I can't believe they bought it for this much. Now it's being sold for this. Like that's just what's going to happen. And then it's going to continue in that direction, you would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, yeah. I, think it's go- I don't think there's anything, especially in our area, that's, that says anything that we're going to go downward. We right. might pause a little bit. We're not going to take a downward turn. Yeah. And another side of that, too, is I work with a lot of investors. And right now, investing in our area is insane. We have so many people coming in here and buying things, just cash, renting them out. Because whenever the interest rates rise, rent goes crazy because people are like, yeah, I don't want to buy right now. I'm just going to pay ridiculous for rent. So investors yeah. know this. So I have so many clients, like you can't buy an investment property. It's like, that's extremely competitive. They're just like flat. There's like not a single, I think in Greensburg, there's two multi-units right now for sale. That, like they just go yeah. instantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you have a sort of a response? Cause I hear this all the time of people saying, um, I guess, I'm waiting for the market to correct itself or I'm waiting for the bubble to burst or something like that. Um, people who are sort of holding on, even though they have absolutely no idea what's going to Are you talking about buyers or sellers? Like holding on? Well, I guess either. I mean, whatever your perspective is. I do. We do have people that say, you know, if, if someone's saying that though, that means they probably don't actually have a need to move. Most people, when they're making the decision to move, they need to move. Their family's growing they want to switch school districts. They have to move to be close to family. There's a reason. Most people aren't just like willy-nilly going to just pick up and, and move. Yeah. Sellers, though, they can sometimes, they drag their feet. We might be yeah. working on a transaction for eight months. Someone comes, you say, oh, we're thinking about selling. Can you tell us how much your house is worth? Then you say like, yes. And you have that conversation for a very long time before they actually end up listing that house. Okay. So, but I would say buyers, mm, yeah, not so much. Yeah. So the urgency kind of plays. 
I got you. I, I'm. I've all. I think about all these things all the time. I'm just <laughs> using this as an opportunity to learn from you. Right. Hey. Because <laughs> I talk to a lot Ask of people. That, yeah, a lot of people. Like I talk in my small circles about this kind of stuff because we're kind of in the dark of what's really happening, and I feel like you get a good insight. Yeah, it's still really crazy. We, we're really, really busy, and uh, we now have um, eight people on our team, including our admin, and all of us are really doing a lot of work. Um, like I said, it's a little bit harder work on the buyer side just get it because the inventory is lower but yeah and plus a lot of people were working from home and so I, at least the myth i don't know if it's true or not was that housing prices went up because people were valuing being at home more and yeah setting so, up their workspace um secondary homes too like uh hidden valley seven springs bear rocks those areas have exponentially driven up the prices because people decided like i need a place to go to get away i'm working from home we need we want a secondary vacation home um mm -hmm. stuff like that so definitely that home office has become a thing yeah who wants the home office <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the home office has replaced the man cave yeah that's probably true probably i would imagine so but don't put baltimore ravens so. <laughs> yeah it's playing anyway. don't do it <laughs> It's so interesting. Like, I mean, I know nothing about the real estate, uh, you know, game at all whatsoever. It's just like it, you hear things and uh, we're kind of in the same situation. Like, we're just kind of outgrowing our home. Like, the kids were small when we bought the house. Um, they're growing up. They're getting bigger. They're acquiring more stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like... We have an old house uh, up in, well, it's not that old, but up in um, like Hilltop area okay. up here. Yeah. And like my one kid doesn't even have a closet in his room mm -hmm. because they just didn't do that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and the one closet that my other son has is literally this deep. I mean, like you open the door, you can barely fit like a hanger in there. Well, they like they to have, have to be sideways. Hooks like this and you used to have to like hang them. Yeah. Because people had like three shirts and three pairs of pants back then. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> so like now. <laughs> I'm wearing my Wednesday outfit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, like there's just not a, a ton of storage. Uh, luckily, we have gone ahead and built uh, some like things that we integrated some storage mm -hmm. with. Like when you walk in, like our foyer, we did a uh, like bench seating and stuff like that. And those lift up and you can put, uh, put stuff in it. Um, but it's just like, it's hell trying to constantly find something, uh, you know, somewhere to put something like it's, yeah. it's wild. It's just, uh, I think it's also, um, what I see a lot of and when you start, when you're in it long enough, you have people who transition not out of their house, but out of even just like their location and where they are. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think of our first house, we renovated this house in uh, downtown Hunker on Olive Street. It was a two bedroom Cape Cod that was kind of weird, but we loved it. And then as soon as we had, I was pregnant with our third child, I was like, oh, we cannot live here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but we loved the house and we bought it. And then I was like, oh, I kind of want to like get away from neighbors. We were like right next to everybody. Everybody knew everything that was going on. So then yeah. we built this house and we had seven acres. And in the middle, you know, that was also in Hunker, New Stanton area. And the kids were then getting to the age of like friends and in sports and gymnastics. And my youngest was like four and I kind of hated being in the middle of nowhere. I was like, I, yeah. I can't, I can't, they can't go outside and ride their bikes. They can't go play. I can't go for a walk or a run or whatever I want to do. So then we sold that and moved to a neighborhood and now the kids are older and they don't have all their crap and their toys and all their things. And I'm starting to think like this house is going to be like 
too big in like 10 years whenever they're all gone. (laughs) I'm like, crap, then I'm going to have to like do this again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm going to go back to privacy without all the people. Well, and that's true. I mean, I I just think stages of life change where Mm -hmm. you live. I think for sure there was, there was a time I think where people built a house, bought a house and just stayed there till they died. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if that's reality anymore. Um, Especially if people retire, they want to downsize or, um, yeah. the, you get a starter home and then after, mm-hmm. after you start to grow out of it, then you go bigger. So I just think that's, that's more prevalent now than it. Well, works. I always think too, people get irritated with their home and they're selling it for a reason, but somebody else is going to love your house. Oh yeah. There's always somebody else yeah. that's going to think that your house is amazing. Um, especially people who are first time home buyers. They're just happy to buy a home. They're like, we're yeah. going to own this. And they just love everything. They don't care about this shallow closet or they, yeah. you know, they're just in love. Right. So. That's a great part of my job is just helping people in that way too. Um, and like I said, I work with investors too. So I love watching first time home investors buy their like second home and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm investing in something mm-hmm. else. And it becomes real and they have this process that like I help them through. So that's exciting. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. It is cool. Yeah. I it's mean, like, nerdy. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's cool because like there are processes that you got to go through. It's just um, sitting here thinking like, I mean, when we bought our house, we, looked at a couple different homes and this one, you know, spoke to us and we were like, oh yeah. And we didn't notice the shallow closet. We didn't mm-hmm. notice. Well, we did notice that there was one bathroom, but we were just like, oh no, it doesn't matter. Why would we need more? We'll be fine. Right. <laughs> wow. Now that we have a 16 year old who is constantly in the bathroom, then it's just like, okay, yeah. we, need a, we need a second bathroom. Yeah. Um, but I would say like on our second go round, we are like in the first, we didn't care this time we have a list. Mm-hmm. We've got a list like this long of like, it needs to have this. It needs to have this. I can deal without this, 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 and that, but it, it's gotta have this. So what you're you know saying what I mean? is you're going to be a difficult client. Basically. <laughs> uh, well, not so much for someone like you, but it would be difficult for me and my wife to agree on like what we initially see. Yeah. Because like I, I need a garage. I don't, I have a garage right now, but it's so small. And so like, like again, the kids have so much stuff mm-hmm. and it's such an old garage on the inside that you can't like hang things on the walls because it's just like block in there. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I need a garage. Well, I want a hangout space too, whether that be a <laughs> man cave or a office or whatever. Yeah. I got enough offices. I'm done yeah. I was going to say, you have like three offices. Fucking offices. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it just, do you see, like, people coming in, like, after their first house, and they're just like, okay, now we want this. We don't want to have to do so much of the work. We want it to kind of be modern or, you know, kind of move in ready. Which is hard around here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why that second-time home buyer is the hardest market right now for them to find what they want because Mm -hmm. it's so competitive. It's the price point. It's the three or four bedrooms with the garage and a finished basement and the two bathrooms and the master bedroom with a bathroom. Like, I feel like it's all the specific thing that the, the, the family wants. You just read my entire list. (laughs) (laughs) And like, there's like three houses in heaven. You are the difficult client. Yeah. (laughs) Looks like I need to start cultivating mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) No, that's so true, um, especially because, and maybe you already said this and I'm just repeating you, but you live in your first house and you start to guess or you start to recount things you don't like and things mm-hmm. you do like. I, um, we bought our house 
and it was really, really old, built in 1905. And my wife is all about character. I'm doing that in air quotes. Character. We're all about character. I hate, I hate character because it, it's... You it like just, function? It just means old necessity. and it doesn't work. <laughs> but, but the floors um, are this beautiful original flooring. I mean, they really are nice and, and sharp. Um, and when we when you walk in there, like, all bright-eyed and, and ready to go, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a beautiful mm-hmm. house. And then you live in there for years and you're like, oh, it creaks every time I walk and I can't scrub it because it's the original mm-hmm. floor and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and so... I am really trying to get her away from character. Like, let's yeah. let's just get like regular wooden floors or like nineteen eighty and after. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I already have this whole list of things I don't want, just mm. based on living in the house that I'm in. Um, and I know a lot of things that I do want, um, but uh, it's the game of trying to figure out on my whole list what's absolutely necessary and what's just a want that I could do without it right, if, yeah. if I couldn't get it. Yeah, we kind of have a, a checklist for our buyers that we have them go through a process of writing down everything that they want and then we you whittle that away, whittle it away to like the needs, the compromises, and the stuff you can do without because if you don't do that, then the house doesn't exist. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Right. There. right, and it's so competitive, like mm-hmm. you said. So if, if there's one thing that you want and it's not on the checklist. Or if you can put... If you can have that, like maybe you don't have hardwood flooring right now or tile, but you could put that in, but you cannot add a two-car garage to a house in, you know, Fort Allen that, you know, that exists already. Like you just, the things that you need, if that's what you need, prioritize those and look at what you can actually add later on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. We're in the process of like, do we build onto the house? Do we, Yeah. you know, all that stuff. So. Yeah, the cost of like building right now is so expensive. Well, that, exactly. So now it's just like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's wild. We just wanted to put um, just like a roof over our patio and deck, and mm-hmm. dude, like oh. we were getting quotes for like thirty thousand dollars, and I'm like, That's for funny. what? Yeah. Like this is insane. So now I'm looking at awnings. You know, like those awnings. <laughs> the sunsetter. We have one with a button. Yeah, like one of those. Yeah. Uh, or like a fixed awning that you'd see like at a business or something like that. That's like, or well, real estate, home, residential. But it's just like, it's insane. It, like the thing is, I'd like to hang a TV outside on the side of the wall or yeah. something. Yeah. Watch a pirate game or something like that. When it gets cold, take the thing off mm-hmm. and go in the house or whatever. And it's just like we're at the point where it's like do we keep pumping money into a house that we know we're eventually going to sell or do we just kind of wait and try and find some of these features in the next house you know what i mean that's how that list got to be where it's at because i'm just kind of like uh if i don't have to spend you know seven thousand dollars for some cloth awning like i'm not going yeah. to right well, you know I mean, what I mean? And that's something we run into all the time is people say hey i just put in this pool it costs a hundred thousand dollars we want a hundred thousand dollars more for a house we put a roof on here it costs us thirty five thousand yeah. dollars that's only worth it to somebody who actually really wanted that pool and or that right. covered porch because it doesn't necessarily put value onto your house unless it's to you but mm-hmm. if you're not going to stay there for the rest of your life then it is worth thinking 
making those choices unless you're just not expecting the money back if you just don't care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think pools are really interesting. Like we learned buying our first house that pools can actually be a, a plus or a huge minus because some people just don't want a pool, don't want to deal with the maintenance of a pool mm-hmm. and won't buy the house because there's a pool, even though it might be beautiful and like it's wonderful oasis type thing. Um, pools can actually hurt you when you're trying to. There's a lot of ifs house. with a pool, especially above ground pool, but at least in above ground pool, you can remove mm-hmm. in ground pools. They are, you have the people that want them, love them, especially during COVID. Everybody started putting them in because everything was closed. Um, but we're, and so people were paying for them. We're seeing a big receipt in that. Yeah, now, I imagine it's, that. Yeah. It's not necessarily adding that value to the house. Yeah, so because they're know. a lot of work and some people just don't want to do it. They mm-hmm. don't want to keep up with a pool, which I get. I, I want a pool. It's tough, man. <laughs> it's, we Yeah, we have one. It's just yeah, like, okay. I, every day, every mm-hmm. day, something is just like, you know, oh, wait. Why did the water level go down this much, you know, in the last couple of days? So you're like sitting there thinking like, was it really hot? Did it evaporate? Do I have to find a <laughs> Is leak? Is there a hole? Did yeah. the vacuum get in here? And I mean, like, slide? it's crazy. And you're out there like going around the ground, seeing if there's any wet spots. Do we have a leak? Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. It's just like, and then just out of the blue, if it gets too hot, it just turns green. Oh. Why would it turn green? <laughs> like in one day, why would that happen? And, you know, you find out that, like, you know, kids threw some food in the pool or something or like that. I, my neighbor's pool, um, the na- they had the grass treated and the fertilizer came yeah. over into their pool and turned it, like, messed up the entire um, chemical balance of the pool, turned yep. it green. They couldn't fix it. They had to, like, it, uh, it took weeks. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, not just, wow. like, some, some things like that, like, aren't as easy just to, like, throw some shock mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that in there. Like, you literally have to drain the pool, clean it, yeah. get all that crap out of there, scrub the pool, the whole thing down, and hope that when you put the new water in, you're not wasting a, a shitload of water. Put the chemicals in, you just hope. Yeah. Kids, get in. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be okay. Your Don't worry. Test it on them. <laughs> I know it says 24 hours, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I don't know. I mean, we when we got our pool, we had a couple that... Uh, lived at a house they just sold they sold their house like five years ago but they had this giant in-ground pool and they were like don't do it don't do it and we're like no just like you said kayla everything's closed we can't go on vacation we're just gonna take that money and we're gonna put a pool in and blah 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 and now every time i see them it's just like how's the pool and i'm like (laughs) and i sit there and grumble over a beer for you know yeah, this is my worst nightmare. I really want a pool, but every time my husband's around, like like the husbands of people who have pools, yeah. and they all they do is complain about how terrible the pool is. Yeah. They yeah. don't use it. I'm yeah. like, shut up. Right? Yeah. Don't talk. You gotta you gotta it's call right. and be like, tell them not to talk about the pool. Find <laughs> them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, like, I love having it because then when the kids, you know, when you see them jumping around and having fun, and then their friends come over and, and their parents and then like we're, we're barbecuing and having some drinks. The kids are in the pool and mm-hmm. like, it's a lot of fun. Then you've got that entertainment space that, uh, that mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan Something doesn't want. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I love to entertain. <laughs> I just hate when people say that on shows. I just turn it off. I know I, it, I it's, it's lo- constant. I know exactly. Well, I love to entertain. So I'm really looking for this and this. This kitchen needs to be like three times this size. Yeah. Because I, I need to entertain. All right, <laughs> click. <laughs> I'm never gonna hear that phrase again. I get what I get what they're saying. Like, 
I know that's a, a word in realty is yeah. like a- entertainment space. So for that, I get it. But there's certain people who that's the only thing they want to talk about. Is, yeah. Oh, I just, I just love to entertain. I think the thing for me in that realm is more holidays. Mm. Like I, yeah. I personally don't love going to other people's houses for holidays. Like I'd rather do it at our house yeah. and like have people over that way they can just like go leave. I can go and just clean it up as I, as I go for the next like day. Um, it's the, the idea of it just being like, we're going to have cigars and whiskey every Friday night. Right, yeah, like, and like blah, 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 these you know huge what I mean? parties and everyone's yeah. going to come over and be like, wow, we right. love your, your entertainment space. <laughs> this kitchen island is so awesome. Well, I guess it goes back, like, so I, how I would take that question is like, well, tell me more about how you entertain so right, I know yeah. what you're looking for. Like, do you want like a basement entertainment? Like, I don't know what you're going to, like watching sports games. You have like yeah. a big family. So like my, right. I, I'm one of seven kids and each of us have children and my parents and our holidays are giant it's like, gotta be a family. Is just like my family <laughs> coming over i'm like i actually do need a big kitchen and like a giant yeah. table for thanksgiving um yeah. not yeah. like massive parties or anything like that but um you need definitely. to rent a hall <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm kind of like you it's like i i'm back and forth because i get stuck with hosting all of the time yeah and it's stressful but then i'm like i don't want to go anywhere on christmas <laughs> exactly yeah. like i just want to be on <laughs> Yeah, I want to be at my house like during these holidays. <laughs> I think I don't know. It's it's so weird, I guess, you know. Like you watch all these shows and stuff like that and you'll even see like the goofy ones like where the people win the lottery and stuff Ooh. like that and some people are happy with just a small little house even if they have they just won millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people just want like a little two bedroom and and they're happy with that. And I think that's cool. I mean, I don't want to get something that's so big that we can't keep up with it but you know we can't uh can't just live in a in a place with shallow closets <laughs> and one, ba- live in that place one bathroom yeah it's just you know so it's uh i don't know Again, real estate's just that, a like, crazy thing your house that you're moving to is never i don't it's rarely it's your forever home it just doesn't right. you know it's just so rare that you're like you're going to be here forever just think about what you need now and you can always sell it by something else yep. what suits you now and again like some so many times people their house is too big they no mm-hmm. longer need it there's two of them they live half the time in florida they have this giant house they have to clean or pay someone to clean they can't go up the steps we have all these multi-level and split levels here where we live because of yeah. the elevation and those homes like they just you know they become obsolete to them as homeowners but mm-hmm. so it's never your forever it's always yeah, I think that's tough because when I buy a house, I think about it being my forever home. I, you don't necessarily say like, "Oh, I'll just be here till I f- figure out something else." But, <laughs> um, but I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. Um, there's a there just seems to be a lot of pressure because that's such a large amount of money and it's a huge investment. And so you, you at least for me, I run through it like, if if this was if I was here forever, mm-hmm. would I be happy here forever? Yeah. But there's a lot of pressure you take off, and you're like, hey, if this doesn't work out, just mm-hmm. sell the thing. Yep. Yeah. That was one of the biggest things that our realtor told us at, at the time that we bought our house was like, just make sure you're going to get the value back or more on mm-hmm. what you bought it for because yeah. you could leave. You could just mm-hmm. sell it and leave. Yep. <clears throat> so that makes me feel better. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this. I'm glad you came in. I'm, I know. It's, <laughs> I'm learning so much. It is nice to know. And like what I guess I've been doing like throughout this whole conversation is just paying attention to 
the kind of the, the thinking patterns of a real estate agent. And yeah. it's like just you talking about like why there's multi-level homes in this area because of its elevation. I would have just been like, people like fucking floor. People like more, <laughs> like more levels. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, like it's all interesting to like learn these things. And I mean, that's what this whole podcast was about from the beginning was just learning different stuff yeah. about, uh, you know, other professionals in the area and really kind of getting to know, uh, them in a little peek behind their business and stuff. So yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah. Speaking of if people want to reach out to you as a realtor, how do they do that? If they're like, Hey, I like the cut of her jib and I want to, I want to talk me at my, <laughs> I want to stalk you at your gym. <laughs> no, I said the cut of your jib, <laughs> not stalk you at the gym. <laughs> What? Did, Did you it? learn that when your house was built? What the hell kind of saying is that? What does I that don't mean? know. 1901. <laughs> Can you explain that? Let me rephrase. Someone says, "Hey, I like the way she's talking. I think she'd be a great realtor. I would like to reach out." He's a doctor. Okay. He's very like intelligent and like crazy. He no. says lots of things that just fly over my head and I go, "Yeah." I don't encourage anyone to stalk Kayla at the gym. <laughs> please please phone telephone her. <laughs> She carries mace. Yeah. Leave her alone. Continue on anymore. Yeah. I keep laughing. Just... So how do they properly and respectfully reach out okay. to you? So you can find me on Facebook, Kayla Downs, um, at Kayla. Kayla spelled very uniquely, C-A-H-L-A, but it is said Kayla. So D-O-W-N-S. Um, same on Instagram, at Kayla Downs. Um, we're the Melissa Merriman team, Keller Williams Realty. You could just Google us. You, we would come up. You would get any one of us lovely ladies. Um that would love to help you with real estate and depending on investing, first time home buying, whatever you're looking for. Like we, it's our passion. So very good. Awesome. I, lo I've, I learned a lot. And I don't go to the gym, so don't even, don't even try. Dirtbags. <laughs> All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. We'll see you next time. Welcome to the local podcast in three, two, one.